With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. JP, one of my favourite times of the week. It's a Thursday at 12.30, which means that you and I, for an hour, can have a wee chat about Celtic. It's a Celtic state of mind. Um, you're back. You're back in Glasgow. How was your uh, trip back to Seville? Uh, Almost 20 years on. It, it was great. Um, I think I was maybe being a bit optimistic to think I would have time to go and visit the ground uh, where we played it would have been nice but it's just it was a it was a three day wedding so it was kind of like full on activities uh, from from Thursday through till Saturday really and then I was uh, back home and I was back to Malaga on Sunday morning which is where I uh, watched the game on, on, a, on a train and I had no reason to 
embarrass myself this time because there was well I just sat in sort of stony silence as uh, I watched events unfold in Paisley from from afar. Nothing to I, cheer about. As I, as I went through the Andalusian uh, mountains. Um, but I know the Seville was great and, uh, you know, the place that the wedding took place was um, was one of the most beautiful uh, uh, locations I've ever been to for anything, never mind a wedding, but it was just kind of like a kind of botanical garden with a really nice house. And uh, I think uh, Dave's wife found it a while ago, maybe like three years ago, and, and in the time since it's been featured in a pretty prominent wedding magazine, so it's kind of blown up as a kind of destination. Oh, that's a good place to go and get married. So they've yeah. they've put the price up accordingly, but they've had it locked in at the price that they found it at. So it's pretty fair play, pretty fly, um, and yeah, it's really, really, really nice place. And I think it's become like a kind of Instagrammable wedding uh, affair, you know, where people like to show off the wedding with this. You know, uh, it was it was it was a lot of down to earth people that were there that I was with. I met met some really nice people, um, including a scriptwriter and a producer from Hollywood, which isn't who you expect to sit be sitting talking talking to at a wedding. Um, but very interesting, very interesting people and very nice people as well. What I love about you doing your travels, JP, and the people that you meet, uh, obviously in your job, also in your kind of personal life, because you like travelling about, is just you'll be one of these people that spread the word on Celtic, you know, and then you see pictures of like Kiefer Sutherland popping up with a Celtic jersey on and Danny Glover and all that holding up the Celtic stuff. You're one of their guys, man. You're spreading the good word of Celtic. Well, I say that. I, I, there, was a, there was a drinks thing on the uh, the... Thursday night and uh, I met the bride's father and I was standing talking to him, really nice guy from like a Londoner basically and you know no no skin in the game up here and we were chatting away and we were you know, talking about how nice it was to be in Seville and everything else and I says oh <clears throat> I came here a long time ago to watch my football team and he was just like oh you're Celtic and he was like oh, Dave's Rangers isn't he and I was like how does that work and I was like well you know, we, we, we make it work. <laughs> I just I don't I don't get in touch with him. If Celtic win against Rangers, I don't get in touch with him and uh you know, he doesn't get in touch with me, but we're we're really good pals. But he mentioned we were talking about the number of guests that were going to be at the wedding and and, and Dave's uh, and Dave uh, his name is Dave said uh, yeah, I think it's uh, 50, 55 that's gonna be here and I went he's never specifically made it 55 guests and then I had to explain the whole I explained everything about the last few years or the last 10 years and uh, and then Dave used that in his speech you know to wind Dave my pal Dave up about the the, get, the guests the wedding number and uh, they brought it up he said so Dave's a, a, a Rangers boy and I, I booed <laughs> <laughs> during the speech it was one of those ones where you could feel comfortable enough and I'd met everybody by that point anyway and uh, so I booed, I booed Rangers as they were mentioned in the speech It's a, a lovely link uh, talking to Celtic fans booing we will get on to um, some other issues along those lines but you know what we n- want to keep it nice and light as well JP it's international week you've got the Scotland jersey hanging up behind you are you into the internationals I mean I know a lot of fans are into club football first and foremost and they have maybe a alliance with international football. What's your take on it? I see you've got the jersey there. Were you watching with interest last night? 
I mean, I, I got a bit of it. I was work. I was straight back into work last night, working uh, at Tuts. Incidentally, I should mention the band that we're on second are called Happy Two Thousand. They're named after a, a Chinese takeaway in Southampton. Um, true story. And uh, the singer appeared side the stage with the. Remember the 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 would it be seventeen eighteen away top? You know the the green the two shades of green the hoops. Yes. With yep. the gold, the gold sponsor and the gold logo, yeah, he appeared with a very battered version of that strip, uh, quite tight on him as well. And I was like, and he had a uh, "See You Jimmy" hat on and shades. And I was like, "Where's this come from?" Because he was just wearing normal, he was wearing normal clothes up until that point. And he went, "Oh, the guy that's doing merch for us uh, asked him if he had a Celtic top because I wanted to wear a Celtic top on stage. It's our first um, gig in Glasgow, and uh, I'm Celtic fan." And I was like, "What?" I've, I've n- I never got chat chatting to him too much afterwards. I meant to ask him how he became a Celtic fan, but he came on stage and after the first song, he just went, uh, it's great to be in Glasgow. Come on, you boys in green. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. You do realise that that doesn't necessarily fly at a, a neutral venue. But, it might uh, not land. It might not land the way that you well, think. It's, there's, there's no glass allowed in the venue, so uh, you know the worst he was going to get was a pint. Uh, a plastic pint, but um, he actually got quite a big cheer. So, meanwhile, says, I'm writing down "Happy 2000" and must get them in for a session, right? Uh, they're, a bit kind of, they're a bit kind of like an ele- electro idols, right? That's what, that's what I described them as. Uh, they, were, they were good. They were good, but I, I didn't get to see the Scotland game. In answer to your question, because well, I was working and you can't just sit and watch a 90 minute football match while you're running a gig. You could, but. It's not very, it's not very uh, PC um, to be uh, just digging your job. So I watched a bit of it. I saw a couple of goals, um, and yeah, I was. I, was I, I honestly, I probably wouldn't have been there had I not had I not been working because um, I do like to go to Scotland games. I went to Scotland games when I was a wee guy with my dad, and mm-hmm. you know, I, especially when there's a lot of players in the team that you kind of like. You know, there's there's you know a lot of ex Celtic players, current Celtic players. Yeah, um, and players of a of a Celtic persuasion that uh, are maybe elsewhere. You like say your John McGinn's and and whatnot. So I know, I know. Good, good finish from him. Good finish from him. So absolutely, he, he used the old Kenny Dalglish backside trick where he would just take a guy out the game just with one move of the butt cheek. Well done, John McGinn. Mm. Uh, we'll not get into what could have been. Um, I, I want to get as many comments in as possible. But as I say, we'll we'll have a few we light-hearted stabs at a few things, JP, where I want to hear your uh, take on it. I want to hear the opinions of those in the comment section. John Hill is looking forward to another great Celtic talk. Great work, lads. Yeah, we know that it is the international break, but there's always loads to talk about. And the fact that JP and I only get together once a week to do it means we can talk about everything that everybody else has spoken about already and put our take on it as well. Robert Davey, afternoon all from um, Dublin. Now, I don't want to mispronounce the, the the village or town or city that he's living in there. I think it might be the weather. Just just a guess. It may be Is rainy. It rainy. Ah, yeah. Rainy. Oh, there you go. Um, that makes sense, mate. Thank you for keeping me right. Kevin Graham, poet, afternoon comrades. Um, and Kevin was on yesterday with John Hughes. Very enjoyable show, actually. But I'm going to throw in my first name drop. What are we now? We're, we're under 10 minutes JP, but I watched the Kevin Graham and John Hughes show yesterday 
uh, well, I should actually say I listened to it uh, while I was driving home. Um, when they were live, I was in Glasgow. I had to meet somebody in Glasgow, which will lead me on to my next bit. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drop the name. I'm going to do it. I just, uh, it's not somebody I know, but I'm just sitting there chatting away to somebody um, who tunes in. I won't name him, but he knows who he is. He, he tunes into Axom, having a good chin wag about Celtic, of course. And um, he says to me, he said, you know, Simon Ferry and Charlie McGrew kick about around here, and they often go into that wee cafe there for a cup of tea and stuff like that. Uh, literally 30 seconds later, Simon Ferry bounces up the street. He comes right over and gives us a big uh, handshake and says well done to what we're doing, which I thought was just a touch of absolute class from Simon Ferry. Excel, of course, now um, doing brilliantly with Open Goal and, and Broomhill and all that kind of stuff as well, JP. Touch of class, Simon Ferry, just bouncing along Ingram Street in Glasgow. What they, what they did, I wasn't there. Uh, I probably would have gone if I, I wasn't working. It was just in the middle of a run of insane gigs, but what they did doing that at the Hydro, that, that's, Unreal. that's mental. They crazy take, levels, crazy levels. Eh? Take what they've been doing just... As a pod, just like this, and then and taking that to, to the hydro. I mean, just the the the, the clip of Charlie McGrew trapping the ball from the crowd is, I mean, it's it's just joyous. <laughs> Have you seen that? No, you know, I've not seen it. I've not seen that. Through, I think some a ball comes from the audience. It's quite a height. I don't know if they've kicked balls out into the crowd or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But Charlie McGrew just watches it and just brings it down on his foot. Unless like lets it land on his foot, and they they all go absolutely mental on on the stage because he's done that on on the stage at the hydro in front of twelve thirteen thousand people or whatever. So um, it's, you're right though; it is sensational, particularly coming from someone like yourself who's in the industry and would know how uh, much work behind the scenes would need to go into a, a something that size, right? And they've done it twice. Aye, done it but twice. It, that is, it's, it's something that I mean, I have to be honest. When I saw that they did. Uh, they'd gone to the hydro. I was like, no way. That, the, 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 the knowledge that I have from working in the industry, you're kind of thinking, no way is that going to, you know, even get half full. You know, it's it's not something that you can just do at, <laughs> at the uh, the flick of a switch. Is just to translate a podcast audience into a live audience mm. in an arena. You I know. know. They, they've obviously tapped in. They must have known with their analytics and their figures, you know, that there was a there was a possibility that they could do it. So otherwise, they would have lost a hell of a lot of money because it's not cheap to hire the hydro. <laughs> um, yeah, I, bet. Just, I mean, no fair play. But even when you think about it, the two characters that constantly got spoken about on the show leading up to the live events were Gravison and Decanio. You know, and all the stories that are attached to them. So if you were ever to write the script and say, well, we're going to take this live, that's the two people you would have wanted to see. And I know a lot of Celtic fans don't like the canio for his politics, totally get that. But under the uh, circumstances of open goal operating as they were operating, they're the two guys that you thought to yourself, if they could put them on a stage, they might just be able to do this. Um, mm. But I absolutely superb. Um, Simon Ferry. I do remember Willie McStay, there's my second name drop, saying to me one time that um, Simon was one of the best young players we ever saw coming through at Celtic, but then he had a really bad injury, I think, in his teenage years, and that um, stumped his development a bit. I, just, I remember his name. Like, he, like I guess, when would it be that he was on the periphery of the Celtic team? What years? Well, he, he's he was like, part of that. Yeah. Remember the, the Wembley Cup team? 
mm-hmm. with McCourt and uh, Samaras and all these guys. He was part of that team. Mm. He was part of that team, which would have been Tony Mowbray. 2009 then, I Yeah. Tony Mowbray. So that that would have been his time. Yeah, you're, you're always like, you're always been, you've always been aware of players that are in, in the wings, you know, you know, youth players. So I, I remember, you know, Mark Antony and Mark Burcho and Barry John Corr, all, all these guys that you, you, if you were that into Celtic, you would be aware of the Celtic the view, the Celtic view, the program. You, yeah, you look at the 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 reserve games or the whatever whatever setup it was back then. It probably was reserves, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were reserves for that whole time. So, and Simon Ferry was one you would see prominently, and there would be sort of reports about him, you know, being somebody that would be on the on the on the verge of getting into the first team. So it's not really surprising to find out that. He was highlighted by Willie McStay. And the thing is, if you look back far enough, um, Charlie McGrew, who was one of the guys, JP, who was at Celtic from a very young age, used to go by the name Chaz. <laughs> Chaz McGrew. Honestly, if you look at the Celtic views. <laughs> Charlie McGrew is an, is an 80s guy living in a... He's a he's a an analogue guy living in a digital world. I think he's totally like the type of guy that you'd see out at clubs in the eighties wearing like slip on shoes and like a thin leather tie, you know, like that kind of he, he could probably still pull that off, mate. I know they definitely could. He's <laughs> he's a character indeed. But uh, and he's now Absolutely. a meme. He's now a, a, a meme. You see Charlie McGrew's face on Twitter daily these days where just like you made that up and you know, the, the interview where he's like, You're raging, that's but that's, honestly, I see that like, all the time on on my Twitter feed. Is, is Charlie McGrew? <laughs> it's something else, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah. superb. Um, but seeing how we're getting all nostal- nostalgic, this should lead us on to a wee picture I'm going to share with you, JP. Right, and I know how much you love your Celtic history as well. Right, there's a little picture of what I think is a completed collection. Right, get the anoraks out, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's a completed collection of the old VHS archive that uh, obviously was very popular in the 80s and 90s, not so much um, 2000s, although there are quite a few in there from kind of Martin O'Neill's time. So it's actually taken me quite a while. First lockdown started like gathering up what I had, JP. There's a whole reason for this. Um, And then asking people, because there was no definitive list, to try and get a list together. So I was in Glasgow picking up the last few copies. And uh, we have done a show on the channel called the Axrom Video Retrospective, I think it's called. I should know. (laughs) Um, The Axrom Retro Video Club. There you go. And we started off by doing the Celtic Collection Volume 1 and Volume 2 that you'll see second row for the top on the left hand side so what I'm saying to yourself JP and those watching us today um, about 400 watching at the moment which video should we do next right so we don't just upload the video onto YouTube what we do is a, a retrospective like a review and we pick mm-hmm. out the, the, the good the funny the embarrassing bits from the video and we d- discuss them on the show and at the end we talk about was it good, bad, or ugly, right? Because, I mean, as you'll see there, a lot of these videos were coming out in the kind of 1980s and 1990s, and we were harking back to the 1960s because there was nothing else to talk about. But there's some belters in there, yeah, JP. Is there any that catches your eye that you think we should cover next? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. 
Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hi, uh, the Celtic 88-89 video that's kind of thumbed down, you see it? Yeah, I do. The one next to the uh, Martin O'Neill exclusive. I remember getting that in a charity shop. Uh, I can actually see on that video it's still got the sticker that says nine ninety nine. That's incredible. Yeah. I'll probably get it from like our price or uh, something like that. But uh, HMV, I, yeah. I, I I had that from a charity shop maybe about I don't know a couple of years later. So it was like one of the sort of first Celtic videos that I had to watch that I owned. You know, mm-hmm. not stuff because I used to tape stuff off the telly all the time, all the highlights, sports scene, and Scott Sport and all of that. And and any full televised games that were on, I would I would tape the whole game, you know, a European game or something like that. I've got the whole um, Croatia Zagreb game taped off the telly, you know, with Prozanetsky. I know yeah, that's yeah. a bit later, but I mean, I was still even at nineteen was still taping games off the telly because I'm a geek. But uh, that that one there, and that was actually the first season I saw a Celtic game eighty nine. The first, I think, I was at the first home game of that season against Hamonaki, so another reason why my eyes go to it immediately. But other ones, the 5-1 game, watch that over and over and over again, the five-star boys. Oh, yes. That, that was because Mark Burchill, I mean, well, it was because we hammered them, but it was also because Mark Burchill scored and, you know, I'd, I'd gone to school camp with him and knew him and stuff like that. So, like, to actually know somebody that scored against Rangers was... It blew my mind. Uh, absolutely blew my mind. Um, so that as well, and I don't know uh, the treble Martin O'Neill treble uh, video as well. Yes, I, I replaced that with the DVD. I had that on video, but I've got the DVD now. Um, I there's I like the obscure ones as well. Like the I did I see one? I saw one that was pretty random from the past. What's the Celtic Files? What's that? Like well, well, I'll tell you what, it must have been pretty popular, right? Because there's uh, two covers, so they've sold out the first run and they've uh-huh. redone it. So the two of them are sitting together, didn't they? There are quite a few in this collection I've never watched yet, JP, and that's mm. one of them. That is one of them. Because um, yeah, was... you can see, it looks like Larson and Blinker on the cover with Janssen. Vim Janssen's on there as well. Uh-huh. And then you've got things like Lord of the Wing, which is an incredible documentary. Unbelievable documentary is, oh, yeah, it, um, that, yeah. is it Jamie Dolan the the 
director who recently did the the documentary on the Celtic supporters where he interviewed the Albanian president and all these guys. It was the same guy that did that, Lord of the Wing. Oh, Brilliant, right. superb. And then you've got other ones that are narrated by Michael Vanny, the official history, and some of them are narrated by Tony what? Roper and Billy oh, Conley. Man. McIlvanny's voice is... Oh, brilliant. Paul so Sheridan does a brilliant McIlvanny. Does he? He does. Oh, no, he does. I've heard him do it. Uh, yeah, he did it in the car on the way through to do that thing. Uh, but I, I heard... Uh, it was one of the videos that Lil Z shared on Twitter the other day and it had... The commentary was from... It was actually Celtic done United. It was the 1-0 game in the Scottish Cup. Uh, no, League Cup 1994. Uh, my, it was my first trip to Hamden mm-hmm. and John Collins scored with about four minutes to go, bent one into the top corner and uh, then on the wee clip that Little Z shared that had like Tommy Burns been interviewed afterwards and he was talking about how the, 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 the fans were starting to trust the, the team more, you know, because they could see what was what was happening with the team and he said, but this is a, this is a process he kind of said, in not so many words this is a process, it's going to take time uh, and then it cuts to John Collins and he's got the, the thinnest, tightest tie on you've ever seen in your life. A huge collar and then this tiny little tie that just disappears into the shirt collar. And uh, he's standing next to a car. Because remember, they used to have cars at the side of the pitch. That's Hamden. right. Yeah, yeah. Were they, were they like, what? The, why were they there? <laughs> <laughs> why did you have cars at the side of the pitch? Were they for sale? Were they, or, uh, was it a prize? Was it an advertising? Some uh, maybe some someday some boffin can tell us hopefully, but um, if somebody does say that, bring that up because I want to know. I want to know why there was cars at the side of the pitch. But the commentary was from Jock Brown, and mm. regardless of any wrong doings that Jock Brown did at Celtic, his voice f- for me is synonymous with games oh, of totally. Celtic. Totally. He, his voice just sounds brilliant commentating. You should have stuck to that instead of getting... It takes you back, JP, doesn't it? His oh. voice, Archie McPherson, um, dare I say, Jerry McNeid commentated on a lot of games back then yeah, as well. And it just takes you right back. By the way, these are the like official videos. They're not all released by Celtic, but I've also mm. been given like big boxes of the ones taped off the telly, JP, that are going to take me months to get through as well. So who knows what I'm going to unearth on By these the way, tapes I, I, as well. I, 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 I would a hundred percent on a rainy day be up for coming through and sitting, uh, you know, watching these watching these uh, highlights. If it's highlights packages from the telly, Celtic games from the nineties, that would be fantastic. Because I've got about I don't know five six videos, maybe more of stuff taped off the telly, but that's only a snapshot. It's from like mainly from seasons uh, ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. That was when I was properly. Uh, right. keeping everything you know you take everything you can um, interviews the whole lot a couple of them as well I will move on but please tell me what you think should be the next uh, video that we do the retrospective on um, one of them was Celtic action from the 60s great Celtic action from the 60s then more great Celtic action from the 60s and I read in one of the fanzines of the time not the viewer I think it was which said that some guy I don't know who it was um, found the tape reels in a skip outside one of the TV studios in Glasgow, um, swiftly took them home, um, realised there was no rights to the, the content, so decided to... What, these, game, these games are pretty rare. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're on uh, YouTube and Lil Z's maybe used them, but 
Anyway, we're going to work our way through these, including the Ian Rush testimonial, which finished Liverpool 6, Celtic 0. That'll be an interesting uh, show on that occasion. But there's loads of absolutely brilliant footage uh, within these. Interestingly, one final point. There's a there's a front cover with Tommy Coyne on it, third from the bottom in the middle. Um, and that was like a free video. It was given out to something called the Celtic Family that you had to register with JP, right? So this wasn't for sale. I don't know what's on it, right? But on the back cover, it advertises all the Celtic videos that are for sale. And it says, coming soon, and advertises two videos that were never released. Because by the time, uh, obviously, they came around to release them, I think the old board had been binned. So mm. the plans were shelved. But it's interesting that these two videos were in the works. And you just wonder how far in production they were in. They sim- simply were never released. So there we well, go. Tommy Coyne was about seven or eight rows in front of me in Seville. Is that right? Aye, aye. I, I, I think, he, I don't know if he's got kids, but he was definitely there with, you know, uh, uh, like some, a, guy, a couple of younger guys and another guy. So maybe it was his brother and his kids or something like that. But it was definitely, it was definitely Tommy Coyne. So. One of his sons did play, um, did play professional football, oh, senior football, um, so it might have been him. Uh, sorry for digressing, that's what JP and I do, just talk to us about nostalgia. To be fair, you can't, if there's anybody got the, the knives out in the comments, as they often do, uh, I mean, you can't really grumble, we're talking about Celtic. Celtic nostalgia. So JP wants 88-89 season review, on the front cover of that, by the way, was Anton Rogan. Um, what do you want in the comments? Let me know because we will do what is the the most requested video and we'll keep this series up. Uh, Tobago Street Police Station Celtic Supporters Club, there's a CSC for you. Uh, so very fortunate to have Ange Postacoglu steering the good ship Celtica. Uh, that is probably a reference to the title and I know that it was um, spoken about by Kevin and John yesterday um, in, in and around some of the press coverage, JP, uh, in relation to Ange Postacoglu, his future, um, where he's going to go, uh, and in the not too distant future, uh, if you believe what you read. Um, so Brighton were interested, Leicester were interested, etc., etc. Uh, and, you know, the whole thing, I think the narrative throughout this show could certainly be looking at the agenda, the agenda of the press, and uh, not every member of the press, uh, I've got to say, but when you look at the stories around Ange Postecoglou uh, leaving Celtic when he's just got started, the stories around some of the comments made by the likes of Graham Soonis, uh, Alan McCoist, in relation to Celtic's fan base. And let me just double-check that he actually said this. Uh, Soonis claims that Celtic fans are the unacceptable face of Scottish football. Wow, where do you start with that comment coming from him? I mean, Graham Soonis, we know... What I would suggest to anybody uh, out there, and I'm pretty sure you've seen it, go on Twitter, have a look at Rangers tax case. Um, I think that nobody nails it any better than they have over the last few days in relation to Graham Soonis and the hypocrisy of that man coming out. Paragon of virtue, Graham Soonis. Wow. (laughs) Unbelievable, JP. Now, I know that... Most people have had their say on this, but I've not spoken about it. I don't think you've had an opportunity to speak about it. Check out the Rangers tax case. Their tweet um, states, On the 17th of May 2001, Blackburn Rovers agreed to buy two guys from Rangers for £1.3 million. Around the same date, Rangers opened an EBT account for the Blackburn Rovers manager, Graham Soonis. On the 13th of June 2001, while still manager at Blackburn, Soonis requested 30 k from his sub-trust. Now, 
that's just facts. You know, you can make out of that what you will, JP. But the fact is, Sunis comes out and says it, but it's the way that it's then presented by the press. Mm. You know, the unacceptable face of Scottish football. Um, and it's for me, it's a disgrace that such a comment would even be given any kind of airtime. But because it has been, I think that Celtic fans are entitled to respond to that. Um, for me, <laughs> so we will. Absolutely. But for me, the unacceptable face of Scottish football is the anti-Irish racism that we see on a day-to-day basis, the anti-Catholic bigotry that we see on a day-to-day basis. And just yesterday, we've seen some footage well, of Kyle night, Lafferty. Night to night, if you're going by nightclub footage. Uh... Nightclub footage, exactly. And this exists every single day in Scottish society and in Scottish football. So the hypocrisy around Sunnis' comments left me... I wasn't surprised because we see it time after time after time. But that kind of narrative, you've just got to snuff it out, JP. It's a ridiculous comment for him to make. Well, firstly, he... I, I, I don't know. What what platform was he on? Was it TalkSport or something like that? Uh, I think it was TalkSport. He was probably speaking uh, or writing on a platform owned by Rupert Murdoch. But it was de- it was definitely like a it was a a, a clip of a, it was a video clip of him talking with a microphone. So he must mm. have been on a radio show or something like that. Was it with Jim White? Probably. <laughs> we know where Jim White's loyalties lie, you know. And you get you immediately get sort of branded a moonhowler or whatever if you start saying things that about you know. Why did Sunis respond to a question about that payment and said he was scouting for Europe, uh, scouting in Europe for Rangers at that time? Well, why would he be doing that when he was the manager of uh, exactly. another club? Yep. So, nah, uh, I, I, don't, I don't buy that at all. But I just think everybody wanted to have their pennies worth over this and everyone wanted to create a, a narrative and they've created that narrative. And, well, you only need to look at the Scotland game last night. I didn't see the start of the game, but apparently the response to, the, the you know, after this period of mourning, there was yet another another uh, occasion to to display uh, grief at this game last night. I just think it was after what's going on. I was out of the country for the last six days, so I wasn't here for for everything and the lead up to it and all the rest of it. But I just think it was a step too far, and that was obviously displayed vocally and loudly by uh, by the, the, the Scotland support last night. It's not. Celtic, it's not Dundee United, it's not Hibs. It, it, it's clearly a divisive, uh, a divisive subject. The whole subject of monarchy and the mm. royal family, not necessarily directed at one individual who who has passed away. You know, it, it's it's about this whole institution. I think the graffiti on the wall at the Loudon Tavern said, "Oh, eight million pounds for a funeral while our country starves, mm-hmm. where people while people are." I mean, how can you possibly justify that? That's madness. Anyway, that's just that's an aside. Um, but with regards to the video of Kyle Lafferty, I mean, I'm not surprised at all that that was his response. I've seen that guy in a football pitch. I know what he has been like towards the Celtic fans when he's scored goals. And obviously, he gets it tight. There's no doubt about it. But when you know that that's living within him and that's this that's his response to that situation. I hate that by the way. I hate that whole 
folk going up and getting videos and pretending to get a picture and then it's a video and then they say something because it's happened to Celtic players you've seen it you know Ralston got done and um, Scott Chris Brown, yeah. Chris Scott Brown's been done mm-hmm. and it it's just it's such wee guy patter do you know I don't regardless of what side it's on but it's interesting to see the reactions of the players that has happened to on our side that they just go with that and walk away you've maybe been trained to do that but yeah. then you get a clown like Lafferty who comes out with that and then just gives well gives them probably what they were looking for in the first place I don't like I said I don't agree with people going up to football players and doing that and like hoodwinking them I think it's pretty bad pattern but I certainly don't agree with what was said in response to it you know no you, you're right you, now you, apparently you, there's an internal investigation at Kilmarnock JP, but what I want to hear is how the Scottish football authorities are going to deal with this. Mm. You know, because right. on the one hand, like you say, and we won't get into the the, the monarchy question because I think most people uh, will realise um, what our thoughts are on it. JP, mm. my biggest concern there is um, really democracy and uh, dictatorship and the, the, the thin line that seems to exist between the two um, in this country. And that's something that has been brought... Uh, under the spotlight over the last couple of weeks in relation to that, whereby you're not allowed to have an opinion on it that doesn't meet the narrative mm-hmm. uh, of the mainstream um, and the political opinion. So that that's a concern. But again, that's maybe for another another day on another podcast. But what you want to see is uh, Lafferty investigated. You want him uh, to be made an example of. And, uh, you know, because when uh, the boot is on the other foot, as it were, uh, they're, they're only too happy to to have their tuppence worth, uh, JP, the likes of Sunis, um, who I think was one of the worst coming out and saying that. But again, you've got a right to reply. And I think that sometimes as well, um, our club need to come out and, and respond to some of the, the comments that have been made uh, to besmirch the good name of Celtic supporters. By the way, people would maybe fling back at you the Lee Griffiths retort in the airport when someone said something to Lee Griffiths and he, he said back, your club's deed, mate, or beat it, your club's deed, mate. I mean, <laughs> that is as maybe as to whether or not you'd be like, oh, well, does somebody deserve to be hauled up in front of the SFA for making that comment to some guy that was being abusive to him in the airport? I don't, I don't necessarily think so. But if it was one of our players that had said, eh, you know, Orange bees or something like that back to someday I would be like, well, you need to rein your, you need to rein that in. You can't, you can't be speaking to people like that, regardless of how much and how annoying it is when someone does something like that to you. You need to obviously have the self discipline to bite your tongue and walk away, which is primarily what I've seen our, our players do in those situations. I, I show, show me. I mean, Scott Brown had somebody shout something about his sister. Yeah. At, outside the Ibrox mm-hmm. he didn't respond with orange bees or FU or anything like that he just kind of gave them a look as if to say mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. 
Go to iHeartResults.com for more. That's that's really bad. Like, and to be fair to quite a few, to be fair to quite a few of the range, and that was filmed as well for effect, for to, the purpose of putting it online, to fire it on social media. Yeah, it's pathetic. And, and people were in the boat. To be fair to them, a lot of folk were like, "Oh, whoa, 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 that you've crossed the line." You know, like fellow Rangers fans who obviously have a moral compass, some level of humanity. Yeah, yeah. To 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 be like, no, you can't say that to somebody. That's horrendous. So. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's my take on that. I use the word pathetic, which leads me on to Pierce Morgan. I mean, he called Celtic fans pathetic, JP. This is a man. Uh, even the like the the more well-known um, issues that, that he's created um, in his various roles in the newspaper industry, headhunted in, the, in his 20s by Rupert Murdoch. Um, and some of the other less-unknown stories about Morgan are worth investigating yeah. as well. You know, he's the guy that was... Um, who was taken to task by the then Prince Charles for um, glorifying an incident at uh, Harry's school where he got injured during probably a game of polo or maybe rugby, I'm not sure which. And um, photographs and all that ended up in the paper and it was seen as an intrusion of privacy and he was um, slapped down at the time by Prince Charles who obviously is the man now that he's, he's trying to get a wee knighthood off of. That's, that's about the only um, kind of motivation I can see from the likes of Morgan getting involved in the, the discussion. This is a guy who... Um, yeah, there's loads of other stories, but you know what I mean? The, just... the James Whale one, did you see that? Oh, where no. guy, Where the guy just said... Why? Why did you know? Why did she mean so much to you? And why, you know, what? Explain it to me. And then the guy—he just lost it. He lost it on air. And the thing is, they can mute the person, so you don't have a right to reply. And then obviously they, mm. they can say whatever they want to you, JP. And mm. then they post it. They can't wait to post that on social media to get the pile on. You know what mm. I mean? And it's just mm. dreadful, dreadful behaviour. Um, I'll bring this up while I see it, Stevie Kenny. What date is the Gracie's thingy? That's a good question because the Gracie's thingy, right, we have announced it and we put a wee post or two here or there on social media channels, uh, JP, but it's mm-hmm. virtually sold out. Virtually sold out. We haven't even got round to announcing who the guest is, uh, mm-hmm. but it's the 20th of January. But while we're on the subject, I'll come back to the VHS videos in a second because there's quite a few comments coming in. Um, who should be the guest, JP? If you could see a guest with Axom in Gracie's on the 20th of January, who should it be? Roy Aitken. Oh, good shout. There was never a VHS video made for Roy, was there? Because I think he'd probably have really good stories. He's in that period of a crossover between uh, Steen and... Is is that right? Am I right in saying that? Well, he made his debut. He made his debut uh, the season that Steen was recuperating from his car crash. And that happened in 76, the car crash, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, 75, 76, so Aiken made his debut. He was the youngest ever sell at the time, 16. Right. So I was right in thinking that then. That was just off the top of the dome. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, a, he's part of that. He's over, as a player, he over saw a massive change in Celtic. Mm-hmm. And I think there would be a lot of... Well, I know he's obviously employed at Celtic now as an ambassador, so there might be uh, limitations in what he can divulge as to how... Stephen was treated by the club and everything else, but I suppose he could speak from a footballing uh, uh, aspect of how the how everything kind of changed in that time, you know. And then watched Aberdeen and Dundee United become 
yeah. prominent prominent forces and how attitudes change towards them as a club. Maybe this has all been aired and I'm... I'm uh, uh, I don't I'm, think it has. I don't think he's done that much, has he? Really, in terms of media and stuff like that. No, I mean, I suppose he doesn't really come across as a sort of gags guy or anything like that, but I think if you were to be, you know, not to blow smoke up your proverbial, but if you were to be interviewing him, you would probably get out of him what I, as a viewer or uh, audience member, would want to hear, just because you know your stuff about that time and everything else, because you've looked into it, not that... Uh, there's not many loads of other people that know that as well but if you're in a position to be able to speak to him about about mm. Celtic then that's something that I would like to That hear. would be brilliant that's a great shout JP um, Roy Aiken anybody else you would suggest let us know in the comment section it's the 20th of January and there is a link in the video description if you fancy getting one of the last remaining tickets for Gracie's in January um, Q&A absolutely but there are other things uh, that are going to happen that night that um, are not too radical, JP, but they're a wee bit different from your usual and audience with evening. Uh, there is an interactive element as well, uh, should that be your thing. Patrick Harold, Celtic the Irish Connection. That, I don't know if it was ever released on VHS, but I do have the DVD of that particular uh, production. So we'll get round to that, Patrick. And Kevin Graham, poet, Big Nev's testimonial, ties in with the John Joe Kenny Cup. Um Big Nev's testimonial is in there, actually, and it, it leads me to, to mention that because there was three testimonial DVDs, right? And I don't know if there's anything before or after the actual 90 minutes of footage, JP, right? Mm. So it was Brian Robson, testimonial down at Old Trafford, Neville Southall and Ian Rush. So obviously part of the, the testimonial package was that they would release a video of the game and you would make money from that as well because these videos were selling huge numbers back then, weren't they? Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean... Testimonials were like the holy grail as a Celtic for me as a Celtic fan in the kind of mid to late nineties. Having known of the testimonials that had taken place before my time as a fan, a match going fan, so then the opportunity to go to one, I went to. Uh, well, he's not exactly a, a name that is is, is uh, potentially got much uh, popularity attributed to him at the moment, given his court case. Uh, ongoing court case but I went to Ryan Giggs' testimonial the Man United Celtic when Celtic won 4-3 mm-hmm. and that was still to this day one of the best trips I've ever had you know arriving in Manchester sunny day really hot just drinking all day and then I'm pretty sure we had that full stand I, I might be wrong maybe maybe the mists of time has uh, made me think otherwise but it felt like we had the whole stand maybe we just had the top tier or whatever but there was a lot of Celtic fans at that game and it was it was just brilliant so yeah it's just a shame that there's not players that many players nowadays that will get testimonials so that those, those things won't happen as often as they used to you know uh, you know that was like Mark Hughes Roy Keane mm-hmm. um, Mark Hughes Brian McClure Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. 
yet Tom Boyd was <laughs> he his testimony was against Man United at Man Celtic. United. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got beat two 0 I think. That was a like a Beckham Scholes all of, all of those Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Andy Gorham in goals for Man United. Was he? He came on came on as a sub. Didn't remember that. Uh, yeah, I, that, yeah. that game. Um didn't expect to beat Man United at that point. You know, we're not we're not kidding ourselves on Man United were a completely well, we did we did we did beat them in two thousand and one, I suppose. Um, but I think that was due to the introduction of a lot of new players for them at that point. They signed Van Nistelrooy and Juan Sebastian Veron had come in as well. They all made their debuts in that game. And then the man you the man you think, Danny McRae and Roy Aiken were, were both Manchester United, their testimonials. Uh, Lou McCarry got a testimony up, Man U, played Celtic. Mm-hmm. And all these games, like my dad and my uncle Chick, who took me to my first game um, at Celtic Park, they, they went to all these games. You know, and they, they talk about like going to the Old Trafford to watch the Rapid Vienna playoff. Well, I call mm-hmm. it a playoff, the third game, the replay, mm-hmm. um, after the, the bottle incident at Celtic Park. So the other night there, I'm, I'm running at my mum's and in Pop's Chick, the, my uncle, and, uh, you know, just casually, it was like talking about the Real Madrid game and my old fellas sitting and they're just talking away. And I says, were you guys at the, the last game in 1980? And Chick, oh, aye, aye, I was at that game, aye. And you know what I mean? You're just taking it for granted because we went to all the games. I think my mm. dad must have been working back shift. Um, but they didn't, they didn't walk about wearing it like a badge on. And it's just that that's what you did. You went home and away. You went to all the games. Um, so it was good to catch up there. But uh, the testimonial thing, like you say, JP, it's a dying, dying art now. And I think last season we were talking about Nir Beaton and Tommy Rogic getting testimonials. So we're coming into that period. They're now gone. James A. Forrest and Callum McGregor, I'm guessing, uh, will be in line for a testimonial. Um, dare I say, Tony Ralston and, um, will probably be a wooden club man. Who knows? I know he's had a few loan deals here and there. Uh, listen to this. For those of a younger persuasion, there was a thing called BHS. Aye, there was. Uh, there was also VHS and Betamax, which was the uh, other model of video recorder that you could you could uh, well, hire well, and record third, on. There was a third as well, which is what we had in my household. Was that? Uh huh. It was called a V two thousand. I've never heard of that. <laughs> never no, heard of the V two thousand. Like I don't know who made it. They had gigantic tapes, and I, I would I'd lay money on the fact that there's there'll be somebody watching. Yeah, remembers a V2000. I need to get my hands on one of these. I wonder if any. You could never get V2000, or if you did, there was like a very, very small section in the video shop that were V2000. I mean, you're talking about 10 videos or something. And I hired them all out when we got our V2000. The first of which, I believe, was the Kim Basinger, Dan Aykroyd, uh, lighthearted sci fi comedy, My Stepmother is an Alien, which. You know, I, oh, I, this I, is nostalgia. I like, this is brilliant. For a long, long time, but that, that, and uh, there was another one. I think it was haunted, haunted honeymoon with Gene Wilder. Uh, they I, don't I, make movies like that anymore. And I know I'm now sounding yeah. very old, which I am. To a no, but it was, it was, it was a game changer when we did finally get a VHS and bin the V2000 because it was a whole new world that meant I could choose videos from all over the store so I would straight into like, the action section to get like Predator and Robocop and all that so oh, different different world man I mean video wars VHS Betamax V2000s well there was actually Robert if, if you look back on that picture there was a v, there was a Betamax video in amongst that pile 
that bundle. Mm. Uh, the Celtic story, which was indeed the very first video that Celtic ever released as an official production. Um, and it uh, basically was Celtic's history from 1888 to 1967. I should say 1887 till 1967. Uh, and that was the first history uh, video. Thankfully, it was re-released on VHS. We've got that as well. But there was a Betamax. I, had, I was having a look at the tape. It was just a different size, this big chunky plastic um, that we used to use. Now, these things are all gone. Uh, we can get everything at our fingertips. Well, you will be able to watch these once right, we get them up that, on YouTube. I mean, I've still got all this. I can't part with this. It's too, it's, it's, this is essentially an art ex- 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 exhibition in my flat. You know, I just... So all this stuff is is me. I mean, I I will eventually whittle it down, and I'm like slowly but surely, you know, getting stuff albums that mean a lot to me on vinyl, and rather than have them on CD, just because, uh, you know, it's nice to have the vinyl copy, but uh, it's quite hard to do. <laughs> but the, the thing is, JP, right? That there there is this whole um, social aspect around going into somebody's uh, pad and seeing a collection of records, books, CDs, DVD, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and straight away, there you go, right? You can actually spark up a discussion based on that. You can decide if you're going to like that person based on their records. Mm-hmm. You don't have that anymore with people that have just got everything digital on their phone or on yeah. their device. So, you know, it's something that as long as guys like you and I keep the nostalgia alive, JP, <laughs> and there'll, there'll be plenty more like us. Brendan <laughs> Monaghan. Uh, loving it, guys, from the Netherlands. Hail, hail, and hail, hail to you. Anybody who um, hasn't checked out Brendan, check him out on the socials and on YouTube as well. Has anybody come on to say about the cars at the side of the pitch at Hamden, why they were there? I've got meagre light. And this isn't the cars we're talking about that were kind of like a light blue colour uh, for people who might have had some kind of handicap and they would be sitting watching the game from the from the wee blue cars. These are this, You're talking proper... There were like massive cars that, that it was as if it was like an auction or something like that at the side of the pitch. And I know that they've done that thing at Celtic Park a couple of times where you've got to smack a ball from the centre circle into an open boot of a car, which, by the way, I think maybe I've spoke about this before, but probably a long time ago, Anthony Stokes did it. Um, like the, the, the people that were taking part in it did it and missed it by miles, as you would imagine. But Anthony Stokes just was like kind of having a look and sort of wet measuring it up, and he just took a couple of touches and then smacked it, and it just went like that off the top and then and in and it stayed in the boot. Does it surprise me about Stokes? I mean, that that's a player JP that lost, I think, five years of a top-flight football career mm. just through his behaviour, his off-field antics. But Stokes say, what a talent that boy was, you know, and, and he's been lost to the game. Have you, have, well, speaking of that, have you seen that that Twitter video that's been going viral about the guy that um, he's like a lower league footballer? I have seen yeah. that because <laughs> Mundial Mundial sent uh, retweeted it or something. Eh? I my god, that what guy! A player. I, I, the, the first sort of twenty seconds of watching it, I was like, is this? Has someone staged all this? And then there were so many different games and different scenarios and like these rubbish wee parks, you know, like that you'd play in. One of them's like you, you can see the housing. Ah, you see the housing. That looks like that looks like Leith Links actually. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's very similar to Leith Links. There's a pitch at Leith Links that has that kind of housing background in it. But some of the finishes that he, he puts away, you know, nonchalant, you know, first time volleys from about thirty yards out into the top oh. corner, and then he's even got like. You're running in on goal and 
dump, you know, selling the keeper one and then dinking it into the oh, and off oh, the yeah. post. There's one was in off the post that's just sweet as a nut. I know. If he's got a personality, there's there's a, a whole world out there in the world of podcasting for him and broadcasting. I can <laughs> yeah, well, the, co- the comments are pretty good. There's people all going like, uh, "You just know this guy loves a Greg's and all that." You know, <laughs> the comment the comments are a little bit uh, harsh, but also- they are a bit. They are a bit talking about um, abusing kebabs and Stella. Otherwise, he would have been playing for England or that. I thought mm. that was a bit harsh. Stephen, the maestro would be worth a look. I remember watching that back in the day, um, the maestro video. So absolutely, Stephen, we'll get round to that one. And there's uh, Michael McDonald also talking about the five-one game uh, in goals for Celtic that day. Tony Warner on loan from Liverpool at the time. And sorry to bring music into it, but they played you too. The sweetest thing. Oh, the sweetest uh, thing. Yeah. At, at, right at the end of the game, they played. They played the sweetest thing, uh, as the the sort of the last tune, like while everybody was filing out. And I, I think the Rangers fans were kept in, and they and what what I heard was that they just kept playing the goals, the five goals on a loop, and, and, and obviously there's all the TVs and the stairwells and everything, so they were all stuck, couldn't get out, had left their seats, but they were in the. The sort of vest, you know, the, the foyer areas, and they had all the screens, and they were just playing it whilst also pumping out you to the sweetest thing. Which that's fair enough. <laughs> that seems fair to me. I mean, I mean, it was it was revenge for quite a lot that had happened in the nineties. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Kevin Graham's watching live. What's the views one? Well, there's a couple in there that I was completely unaware of, and the Celtic views one is a collection of I think Celtic fans. Um, who are maybe reciting stories and, and poems, etc., Kevin? So I don't know if you were on it uh, back in the day, but I don't ever think it was for sale, JP. It was maybe one of these ones that was sent out or given free with a Celtic yeah, view or something. I'm not sure. A subscription thing because Man United just to do like a monthly video where you could subscribe and you'd get like a monthly uh, magazine. I remember I had one and it had like an interview with Beckham when he was just in the youth team and. Uh, I'm sure he had like a poster of Eternal on his wall, exactly. which is mental. Considering he ended up marrying a Spice Girl, but he had and he, he showed Jim showing off his boots, and he'd written his name like he'd written Beckham on the back corner of his Adidas boots, and I think it was in like Tipex or something. And then you think he goes on to like probably have an entire range of boots made by Adidas. Uh, I wonder if I, I've never seen that since. I wonder if that's on YouTube just to just to watch back for the sheer hilarity of the, <laughs> or the absurdity of the fact there's this wee guy that's just I know you know not got any money yet. He's just in digs at Man United and then he goes on to become this iconic footballer. You know the interesting thing that you were talking about having posters on the wall. Um, there is, and I think it might be on YouTube, uh, some kind of documentary thing um, that showed a lot of early footage of the Spice Girls. And um, Victoria Adams was her name, I think. Um, she's in our bedroom, and on the wall is a Manchester United player, but it's not David Beckham. Is it Lee so Sharp? It's Ryan Giggs, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Check it out. Uh, B Celtic Files was Vim Jansen's season, right? That's great. I will enjoy watching that uh, for sure. Um, Pat Dolan, I'm going to bring this up because I agree with Pat, right? It's high time Celtic put together a HD subscription streaming service. Uh, days of tapes are long gone, so too DVD Blu ray. I remember for a while, JP, that you could access Celtic's archive online. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what it was called, and I don't think it was a subscription basis, uh, but I remember going on and watching things that they had produced for the old Celtic TV mm-hmm. when it wasn't even called Celtic TV. What was it called? Something, Channel 67? Yeah, I think you're right. It was Channel 67. So, obviously, they produced loads and loads of material, and it's all sitting in a hard drive somewhere. Um, and they made it available for a while, and I don't know if the cost or the running cost was too much, but it was in a superb system, and I was going in and watching wee documentaries they'd made on guys like George Conley from back in the day that are not available anywhere else. It was uh, called The Lost Boy, the George Conley story and all that. So Celtic have got a massive archive, and like Pat Dolan says there, you know, they should use it. It should be worked into some kind of uh, membership scheme. It could be part of your worldwide Celtic membership scheme, perhaps. Um, Gary, here we go. Gary Madden, the green and whitewash in there. It is, Gary, it is in there as well, um, where... Chris Sutton's on the front of it and it's got all the scores underneath. So, yeah, I've not heard... Um, no, 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 no. Stevie Kenny's talking about the other cars that um, used to be around the park. The one JPs are to- talking about are, are genuine, normal-sized motors that used to be on the side of the park, right? Uh, what was, what was the reason for that? The Hamden was big. You know, there was like a huge area between the stand and the, and the pitch. So they were just parked. Yeah. <laughs> The worst one I ever saw was, uh, in terms of advertising, it was was the uh, hot tubs at um, Falkirk. So in the corner of one of the in the corner of one of the stands, there was a, there was a company that installed a massive big hot tub, and like you could pay VIP or something, just sit there with all your mates watching the game and have a few beers. I found it bizarre, um, but yeah, I, I, they did try that. Just just reminded myself there that I'm actually going to Capello tonight to watch uh, the Ton versus Air United in the in the cup. I think it's really? the to be the Challenge Cup or the whatever the cup is called, the Ramsden's Cup, formerly known as the Ramsden's Cup. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, my mate Dave from work just texted me last night and said, uh, "Got got a couple of tickets for the ton tomorrow night if you fancy it." So I was just like, "Ah, why not? Got to go and watch uh, Green Morton." The last time I was there with him, it was against Partick Thistle, and Thistle went one 0 up, and then Morton equalised, and there was a pitch invasion, and then. Then they scored the winner, and there was a bit another pitch invasion. And Geach was like, "I've been coming to see Morton for over forty years. I've never ever seen this happen." It's like I don't know if you've had some sort of influence in this JP, but like just all these like wee guys just stormed the pitch, going daft because their team had come back to a goal down against Patrick Thistle. And the Morton, the capital of security, security are kind of standing, just going, "No, no, don't come on the pitch." Like. <laughs> There was, there was there was no chance they were going to stop a bunch of you guys running on the, the, the I mean it was it was like a kind of it was like a classroom out of control on a on a, on a slightly larger scale. <laughs> I remember um, one thing that nobody was ever able to answer uh, doing some research on Neely Mockin's early career. Obviously, his senior career started at uh, uh, Morton, as they were known back then. It wasn't Greenock mm-hmm. Morton, and uh, they flew a flag of Greece. On one of the, in fact, it was on the main stand at Capital, um, and nobody could answer to me the reasons behind that. Um, so I spoke to a couple of Morton historians, and they couldn't explain it either. But in the newspaper, it was talking about the fact that there was they were flying the, f- the flag of Greece, and that, you're talking the 19, 1940s because um, nearly had national service for a couple of years in between um, starting with Morton and then getting transferred to Celtic uh, Middlesbrough was before coming to Celtic so anybody in the comments let me know I, 
I'll ask each. He's a, a Morton uh, historian. He knows. Is he? Oh God, I. I mean, he's absolute in with the bricks at Capo. He's you know a lifelong Morton fan, uh, and regularly winds me up about the the one nil Dougie Emery uh, Cup game at Celtic Park, which. I mean, I'm pretty sure Van Dyke played in that game. So Tommy Rogic played that that game for sure. Yeah. Um, um, see, before we run out of time, we were going to talk. Well, I thought we were going to talk about Ange Postecoglou and uh, you know the whole Brendan Rodgers. Uh, it's been a, a, f- a quick hour. It's been a quick hour, JP. Seven minutes since I mentioned Brendan Rogers, but um, I was talking. I was right, talk sport. Um, but I saw some some article. Or someone shared an article about Ange going to Australia, just saying, you know, he shouldn't be away doing this promo, selling tickets for this game in Australia, and you no, know, they should have left that to like Bankier and Nicholson to go and do that rather than Ange Postecoglou. I mean, it's an international week. Uh, nothing was mentioned in that article about the fact that it's an international week, and quite a lot of the players are away. And I, I don't really think Ange has gone over there with a gun to his head. You know, like, oh, you must go over and do this. You know, you, you, as part of your job or, or something like that. You know, he's not been to Australia for like three years. Should have given the opportunity to go back for however long he's there for three, four days. He's not going to be upset about that. You know, him and did Harry Keel go as well? Uh, the, the thing is, JP, right? You've got to remember when the contracts are signed on things like this, this may have been part of the conditions, right? So you, you do the press junkets. It's not like Ange Postecoglou turns up and there's a line of press there just by chance. I mean, he's been on radio, he's been on TV, he's done the whole thing, right? So I'm pretty sure that they've been written into the contract that Celtic signed um, in, in and around the Sydney Cup as part of the promo for the event. You're, you're promoting an event in Australia, you've got an Australian manager, of course he's going to be the guy that's representing the club. You know, mm. there's an international break, there's a perfect time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's got an issue with that, you've just got to question uh, the motives behind it because I mean, what's the issue? What is the issue? With Ange doing it, you know? I, I don't know, I did like his comment about, you know, I just lost my first game in a year so I had to get out of the country. You know, that's what he's saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm not making light of the fact that we lost the game because I'm still not really over that because it just was a spectacular collapse. I I did say last week, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I remember sitting there talking to you while I was in Spain saying, you can't just think that you've got the three points for this game already and that it would potentially be a bit of a, a, a stuffy afternoon as it proved to be. I didn't mm. think we would get beat 2-0. I mean, I don't think anybody would have predicted that. I thought... You know, maybe it would be like a draw. That might be what we would come away with, and a draw would have been a, a, a damaging result as well. But just the, you could tell from the tempo in the first ten fifteen that it wasn't quite right, and, and not everybody was at it. Uh, and then I, trying to change the tempo is going to be very difficult, especially for the substitutes coming on. JP, the, the, the changes as well. Just, it just. My stream kept cut, cutting out and, I, and it would cut back and there'd be another new face on the pitch and you'd be like, my God, this is this almost, it's so disjointed. It's like mm-hmm. trying to put, put into the team what should have been there from the start. You know, you go back and look at it and you're like, we've gone into an international break. We missed a game the weekend before. Why make so many changes? I know we're not football managers and I'm sure Ange Postecoglou has probably gone through this in his own head and been like, well, maybe I made too many changes looked at the Ross County game in Dingwall and thought, well, I made nine there and got away with a 4-1. So mm. 
Mitty didn't obviously bank on St Mirren being so committed and organised. I was speaking to a guy at work last night who just, he's a Rangers fan and he just sort of laughed and he was like, that oh, was a Curtis main masterclass for the last 20-25 minutes, wasn't it? And I was like, I mean, that's mental that we're saying that, that mm-hmm. a guy is being described as having a, had a masterclass against Celtic, a guy who's, you know, a, 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 an SPFL journeyman, essentially, who's been around and I don't know where he, where he went out with Scotland, but He's obviously back and he's at St Mirren and the amount of times the camera cut to him after he'd shielded the ball at a corner or, you know, eating up some time with something else. I mean, it's a bit much, it's a bit of a stretch to call it a masterclass, but, you know, he did did do really well and and saw out the game for them Mm. uh, quite confidently. So, but... Just to touch on the Ange Postecoglou, Brighton, Leicester, whoever is the latest club to be linked with him, he's come that he's come out and shut it down. I, I really just think that it's it's now going to be the case that he's probably going to get linked with anybody. A- any job that comes up, is, he's going to get linked with just because he's a name and he's made he's made waves. He's in the, he's he's quite popular in the media. And, and is a popular guy, and there's there's definitely a story there that you know journalists will be like, oh well, he can take what he's done at Celtic and and do that at a another club in England, but I, I don't think we're in a Brendan Rodgers situation here. I hope, hope that doesn't come back to bite me, but I really don't think that we're in a situation where he's going to suddenly be standing in a a Leicester City suit at the side of the and you know being walked around the pitch side. I just don't see that happening. No, and you're right. The warning signs were there with Brendan Rodgers. You know, the the talk about uh, going to take this big contract in in China, remember, and taking Dembele with him and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And the the rumor mill uh, from good sources um, made you wonder what what his intentions were. So, uh, you know, yes, it was a shock when it happened, but there were warning signs prior to that about the character um, of Brennan Rogers, which is a different kind of character um, than, than Ange Postecoglou. The loudest roar um, looks interesting. Yes, it does. Um, I think it was done for the 25th, maybe the 25th anniversary of, of Lisbon. Um, so we'll have a look at all of these. And um, Paul wants to know if you've got the V2000 at the bars. Ah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can't tell you. I'm going to actually have a wee quick Google of it as we're wrapping up, but I, I can't tell you much about it other than it was about in the sort of mid '80s, and uh, it was a, a gigantic video. And there it is. Oh my God! There's a picture of it. Video 2000 or V2000 is a consumer video cassette system and analog recording standard developed by Philips and Grundig. To compete with JVC's VHS and Sony's Betamax video technologies. Well, I didn't know Sony were behind the Betamax. There you go. Learn something new every you day. always you always do it. Not always about Celtic, but you will learn something on <laughs> Thursday's edition of the Axon Bulletin. Uh, JP, yeah, we could have dug in a wee bit more on the comments around Ange, but I think that uh, we did cover quite a lot of bases there, and it's always an absolute pleasure. Keep the comments coming in, um, and as I say, we will be covering the retro videos on the channel very, very soon. We'll have another one up next week, and we'll keep them coming because we have been nominated. JP again for the Football Content Awards 
Um, and this time it's for best in videos. So we're going to make a few videos just to make you uh, decide whether or not you think we deserve a vote. And if you do think that we deserve a vote, give us one. And you've got a wee link underneath the video. Um, we're going down to Manchester to represent Axom and hopefully we can come back up with another gong. Um, thanks everybody for getting involved in the comments. It's always a pleasure. And thank you once again to JP Mason for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.